Hey guys, we are back with another episode of the Swish Woodlad Podcast, which is of course proudly brought to you by our major sponsor, Swish. And Swish, they are doing some amazing things in this world, having donated over 600000 to various local charities in the past two years. As every Swish purchase, Swish donate up to 70% of the proceeds to charities. So how good. And if you haven't checked out their website yet, heyswish.com, I highly recommend you jump on, scroll through the list of sporting legends on there. And there is plenty to choose from. Prices range from $300 down to just $20. And remember, when you order, add the promo code WATERLAD for a discount. It also makes a great birthday present for any sports lover out there. And if you're keen to get one, I'll leave a link in the description below. So just go click on that. Also, if you're suffering from any muscle or joint pain or you're just struggling to sleep at night, then pure sport is what you need in your life. I'm always getting messages from listeners who have felt the massive benefits from their products. And if you rely on anti-inflammatories or painkillers regularly, I strongly suggest you park those and give this a go. There is no issues getting it into New Zealand and it is the most tested and trusted CBD oil in the world. And just for being a Waterlad listener, you can get 20% off your order by using the code WATERLAD20. I'll leave a link in the description below to go check it out. And last but not least, Regan Todd from Todd's Racing is training winners for fun at the moment and that list of winners will hopefully grow as our very own Waterlad horse hits the track. You can join the journey of Waterlad by becoming an owner for as little as 1k or if you just want to follow the journey, head over to Todd's Racing on Facebook and give them a follow. If you're interested in the horse, give me a DM on Instagram and I'll send you the details. But let's get to the show. Ah, what a lad. Well, if you've played rugby in New Zealand in the last decade, it is more than likely that you've either played with or against today's guest. He is the ultimate journeyman who has more sets of team kit than any other player I know. This guy has played or trained with basically every NPC and super team in the country, and just last year he was rewarded with his super rugby debut for Moana Pacifica. He's also been a regular in the New Zealand Maldi side, and he's currently starring for the Ngāti East Coast in the Heartland Comp. He's the ultimate battler and the ultimate lad. It is the great Joey Royal. Welcome, mate. Cheers, mate. Again, what an intro. <laughs> you're my first guest to have his very own uh, mic, so, mate, you're, you're coming through these airwaves very nice. You're <laughs> right on. I thought, you know, when I got the message, I thought, you know, better get in the wardrobe, pull the mic out, put it to use. You know, it's been been a while. Mate, I love it, I love it. And like I said, you are sounding very good. But I always get heaps of requests to get um, guys in the Heartland comp on. So, mate, you're sort of the perfect fit playing Heartland. But you've also played every <laughs> level there is in rugby, test rugby with the New Zealand Maldives and a fair amount of club rugby as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm like the... Travelling gypsy of New Zealand rugby. <laughs> yeah, like you said, been to most most provinces and a wardrobe full of team kit. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite kit? You must have you must have a massive stash. Do you keep it all? <laughs> nah, I'll, I've kept a few jerseys, but the the wardrobe and drawers get raided. <laughs> um, you know, when Fano come and visit, so yeah, I don't really have too much kit left. I've got all my jerseys though, but no uh, no playing kit. And East Coast uh, semi-final this weekend. Hell of a season from from the guys up there. How did that opportunity to play for them come about? Uh, well, this year, this year's um, was meant to be sort of the retiring year, mm. finishing, you know, looking at what's next in this journey. But uh, Jose sort of messaged at the start of the year, uh, seeing what my plans were, and I said, "Oh, look, I'm still playing club, uh, still want to have a crack at counties." And then um, pretty, pretty cliche when one door closes, another opens. And yeah, yeah when that uh, NPC door closed, uh, took the opportunity of messaging Hose back and said, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll come down if you have me, bro. <laughs> and how's <laughs> nah, it been? It's loving it. It's, yeah. yeah, loving it. It's just a, I tell the boys that you know, it's, you have appreciation for that heartland level. If you haven't been down there or if you don't know about it, you sort of people can look down on that comp and be like, ah, oh, you know, it's just a level above club. But man, there's some teams down there that could probably push some, 
you know, push some of the NPC sides, mm. especially you know, South Canterbury. We played them last week and we, we pushed them for a bit, but they're a, they're a decent outfit down there. Mm. I don't know what they feed the boys <laughs> down down Canterbury. But yeah, those South Canterbury boys are massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, but you guys are you guys have had a pretty successful uh, season. Obviously, a couple of big games to go. How's your form been? Uh yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. Like we, I think we exceeded expectations of sort of with, uh, the goals that Jose and the CEO were setting mm. at the start of the year. So to make a semi's pretty pretty special because a lot of those guys were part of that run where they lost eight years in a row or something. Mm. So for them to get to this stage, they're, you know, they're buzzing. There's a bit of a buzz through Ruatoria mm. up the coast. Yeah, my form? Oh, I don't know. Always go. Ask the missus. <laughs> <laughs> I always get crit- I always get critiqued every weekend. So it's you know, if you work on. Actually, I had a bad form. Yeah, I had a bad form against West Coast. To be honest. Oh, true. Terrible game, and I got dropped the next week. <laughs> Right, but East Coast is a team which, I mean, you, you spoke about the community. They they do get right behind that side, eh? And it's uh, it's pretty pure rugby up there when uh, when you watch it on the TV. I've never actually been there myself, but everyone who's spoken about it talks about how special it is, you know, with the horses and just the vibe yeah. that the community bring to the game. So being a part of it, has it has it been like that? Yeah, it's um, it's been, a I think, a breath of fresh air sort of. Mm. A new lease on life, I guess, because, like I said, I was going to retire this year and sort of wasn't keen on playing. And then going down, sort of, yeah, sort of giving uh, this old body a sort of a new lease and be like, yeah, you can do it again. Come on, let's go, Joey. What team next? But um, the the community down there, like, they back you hard, but they you do something wrong, man. They come down on you like a ton of bricks. Like my my first game. That was like a big opener because cause I'm I'm considered a lone player. Yeah, and um, like we were losing. Yeah, yeah, we just had a terrible game as a team. But man, those locals there are brutal. Like, I I got subbed off and I was like walking down the goal line. Um, and as I was walking, I could hear the the fans being like, "Get those effing lone players off, <laughs> put the locals on." And I was like, "Oh, it cut me deep." But as soon as I Sort of got to the end and walked past them. They're like, "Ah, too much, Joe Rule. Thanks for coming down, brother." <laughs> I was like, oh, "What have I got myself into?" <laughs> so after that weekend, I try to make a big effort to, um, yeah, get to know the the locals and yeah, try and put a put a bit of mana back in in myself <laughs> and the performance that I'd put out there in that first game. So. Oh, no, that's good. Keep you on your toes. Yeah, no doubt you've done that. But you you did mention um, your age, and I, I what thirty seven now. How how is the body feeling? Yeah, not too bad, eh? To be honest, I think as you get older, eh, you sort of your training changes to to suit the way you are. And I'm not the old bouncy nineteen twenty year old that you see now, and some of the lads that you've had on your podcast, and these young ones just go hard at training. But I kind of know what what I need to do to be ready and keep myself, yes, relatively fit to, to play. But who knows, might go again next year. Oh, we'll, there he is. We'll see how we go. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But anyway, mate, I know you, you're a regular listener of the podcast, so you know the drill. Um, let's let's start yeah. from the start. Give us the rundown of your childhood. Wow. Um, so born in Rotorua and did a lot of my uh, younger schooling years there, so all the way to primary. Uh, just just your regular Saturday footy with mates and cousins. Um, barefoot. I don't think too many of your uh, guests would have been barefoot <laughs> on frosty mornings. Um, yeah, these days they get to wear boots when you're five. So, uh, and then we moved to Topo. And I think that was my first rec team was the King Country Roller Mills. I think it had to be like under 55 kgs. Um, so being a 65 kg <laughs> year eight was uh, was a bit tough to <laughs> try and shed 10 kgs, but it worked and sort of yeah made 
Mate, King Country and then... How do you shed the 10 kgs? It's a decent effort. Mate, uh, the coach at the time uh, actually made me move in with him and his family. Oh, real? Yeah, like told me to like move out of my house. I was 12, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, I lived with him for like two weeks. I hated it. <laughs> he'd, um, his son was in the team with me and he'd make us um, like stoke the lounge fire up so it was like felt like a hundred degrees, and would be sitting on the bike with rubbish bags, <laughs> like biking at nine o'clock at night, and then straight to bed, get up, and then it would be like those little rice crackers for breakfast, <laughs> rice crackers for lunch. Um, get home, and it's a banana and rice cracker, and then back on the bike. <laughs> but it was honestly brutal. But I got got to the ten kgs, got the weigh in at the tournament, and then. Just pegged out after that. <laughs> Man, you must have been pretty good for the coach to put you through that sort of um, intense regime to get you to play. I don't know. I, was, I think I was, you know, the, the you know how you get those kids where you're just bigger than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I think I was that kid. Yeah, and they just probably naturally thought, yeah, this guy will be good at rugby. Steamrolling, bigger kid. Yeah, the, the bigger kid trying to just get picked on size, really. And what position were you? Were you always a front rower? Nah, I was a number eight. Oh, were you? Well, they put me at they put me at eight, and then I met my best mate. He we're still good mates now. We ended up being second five centre. Played a bit. I played a bit second five. True. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was my first rep rep sort of experience. That was pretty cool. Was, we got a hiding day like the Auckland schools smacked us. Yeah. Um, I don't think we won the game, but. It was fun. Yeah. And did, did you love yeah. rugby? Well, like, what was what was your goals in rugby? Did you just love it so much that you always wanted to keep playing it? Because, I mean, I looked through your, your journey and I think there must have been points throughout your career where you th- must have thought, why am I doing this or things like that. So what was yeah. your sort of motivation to play the game? Uh, I think at that younger age it was just just to play uh, with my mates on a, on a weekend. Mm. And actually we had a few... Um, I had a few rich Pakeha mates in, that, in my teams growing up, so it was a good opportunity to you know, befriend them and then go to their houses <laughs> on the weekends after footy <laughs> and play with all their toys and ride their like bikes and motorbikes and that. So um, that was a good motivator. But uh, I, I never, I never had a, an upbringing of waking up early to watch footy. Yeah. Um, yeah, all black tests and that. I've got a taste of all sports, but early memories are just just watching my dad play, really, yeah. um, and then hearing his stories. Um, it wasn't until I went to college that sort of I thought, oh, yeah, I'll try and make a career of it if I can. Mm. So what what changed um, that college for you to make you think that? Oh, I just because I went to Teote College, um, which was back in the days was a pretty uh, it was renowned for their for their footy. Like they're um, quite well known in New Zealand circles for for being pretty pretty good, and yeah. just hearing the history and, and all the players that had gone through there, and then just how much yeah, emphasis they put into all the teams at uh, at the time we was sort of just like oh yeah, Super Rugby was playing on the weekends, yeah. and just being I think around uh, rugby minded um, boys as well. Yeah. So just to help push you through and and keep you motivated to make rep teams up there. And then post school, like uh, a lot of kids these days, uh, it probably drives you nuts. But most kids walk out of school with uh, contracts laid down in front of them. Oh. Um, you, your pathway was a bit different. I know you went into the Auckland club scene. I think you battled it out for maybe six or seven years um, before an opportunity yeah. came. So how hard was that? And was there a point during that where you thought maybe it's not going to happen, you're not going to be a professional rugby player? Yeah, so I guess post-school, and I, I moved. I moved actually moved to Wellington, and, and like then, uh, or the rugby scene down there was all the older guys, like you said, like young guys now walking into super teams, bloody millionaires. So, <laughs> um, you know, back then you, you did have to battle and you're actually battling against like old guys mm. or older older guys and actually mature 
no tough dude. So yeah, it's you know, good on them these days for for young guys to you know, to get that opportunity. And well, like you said, yeah, my my journey was a bit a little bit different. And um, to be honest, if I had listened to some advice back when I was a bit younger, I could have made it a bit earlier. To be honest, yeah. But um, yeah, did battle it out a bit up here, and I think there was one situation. I was at work. I won't name the the organisation. They'll probably be listening. <laughs> but I was working, yeah, working at this place, and we were just watching some rugby on TV. And I kind of just mentioned it, be like, "Oh, yeah, man, I'm pretty keen to make that, make it over there one day." I think I was like twenty five, even twenty four at this at that time. And um, and my mate, my workmate, turned around to me and just said, "Ah, oh, mate, you're too old, mate. Just give up. You're not going to make it." Yeah. And like straight away in, in my head, I was like, you know what? Fuck you, mate. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Got on the blower to oh, this like half ass agent that I had. <laughs> and it, um, <laughs> he, uh, he gave me the number to Kevin Shuler down at the bay. And he's like, oh, I ring this guy. I was like, hey, isn't this your job? <laughs> he's like, oh, no, they're expecting a call from you. So I rang him and Kevin was like, oh, hey, mate. Who's this? I was like, oh, Joe Rule. <laughs> he was like, Joe who? I was like, oh, Joe Rule from Auckland. My agent told me to ring you. He was like, oh, oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> it was like the most awkward conversation. Eh? And then he was like, what are you ringing for? I was like, oh, uh, I heard there was an opportunity down the bay. And then he was like, oh, we are looking, but you'd have to move down here and, and see how you go. So I was like, all right, sweet. Uh, sort of sat down with my partner or cows at the time to talk about it. She wasn't too keen, but yeah, I moved to, moved to Vegas. I moved, actually moved them with her mum. True. Just to stay down there and yeah, had a crack and yeah, uh, the rest is history. So you weren't offered a contract from Bay Plenty. It was just an opportunity to play club footy and try and earn one. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like the second half of the club season, so oh, I'd already right. played the first half up here. Yeah, and yeah, my my mate or my workmate said what he said, and I was like, you know, what? fuck it, let's just go, mm. have a go. And I went down for the second half of the season. Actually, got injured the first game, blew my calf, had a small tear in my first game for Rotuiti, and then um, I sort of had a week off, and I was like, ah, oh, I just need to play just so I can be seen. So I played with a like a minor tear in my calf for the rest of the season. Um, got rucked in the face. So I was out for another week. Yeah. And then I think they must have just thought, oh, he's a battler. Let's just give him <laughs> something. He's done enough. <laughs> Let's just, he's done enough. He's, yeah. Um, but that, that season there actually worked out to be, yeah, sort of uh, a defining moment. Like Nate Harris, he was the, he was the starter. Yeah. For us, and then he got injured in our last preseason game. Oh yeah, um, and then I yeah managed to jump and start for like the first five games. Yeah, good. And you obviously went pretty yeah. good. Ah, uh, the first two games was good. Scored a try on debut. Ah, and um, yeah, some of the boys were got on that at the tab. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was paying like eight bucks. I think to score a try. Yeah, the days when hookers weren't scoring more than wingers. <laughs> So post that Bay of Plenty season, is this where you got looks in with the Chiefs and the Hurricanes with their wider squads? Yeah, so after that Bay season, I actually got a call from Colin Coop, uh, Coops to say that I was in the picture for the Maldives. Oh, the that's true. Tour. What was that phone call like? I, I, I actually thought it was a prank, to yeah. be honest. Because <laughs> we knew the squads were coming out, and um, at the time... Like, oh, if you know Joe Tupi and um, Tino Namani, they're, they're like jokers. They were jokers of the team. And I actually thought it was them calling. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, yeah. He's like, hey, hey Joe, it's, it's Coops here. And I was like, fuck, who's Coops? <laughs> like, you know, I, sh- I should know because, um, you know, bloody, I met him uh, when I was living in Wellington. And, um, yeah, he was just saying, oh, you're in the frame for, for the Maldives. Just, just keep fit because we're... Uh, but the steamers were out of finals contention then and I moved back to Auckland to just blow out really. <laughs> and then um yeah, Coops was like, Oh, just stay, stay in shape. Uh we are looking at you 
And then I hadn't heard for like maybe until the, the day of when they named the team. And Tabs uh, called me and said, um, you know, congratulations, you're in, we're going to name you in the Māori squad uh, this afternoon. And um, yeah, that was, that was buzzy as. I was at home and um, my dad was just about to leave to go to work. And actually, uh, Cows had left for work and I was on the phone to her. And I said, and then the phone call came through and I said, oh shit, someone's calling, I'll ring you back. And it was Tabs, called her back, told her that I was off and made the team and she was crying. I could hear her workmates at work asking her if she was okay and yeah. uh, told my dad and my dad's not a emotional guy, but yeah, he, I think that sort of hit him when I told him that I'd made it. Mm. Mate, pretty, but yeah, it's pretty buzzy. Pretty crazy, eh? Like you were grinding away for six, seven years like we spoke about in the Auckland club scene. Didn't really look like much was going to happen and then opportunity yeah. comes. You back yourself to go to Bay Plenty. Yeah. A little bit fortunate with an injury to Nate Harris, like you mentioned, then take your opportunity. And then you've gone from being, you know, like a club player to a test player with New Zealand Maldives yeah. in the space of a season. It, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. And I, uh, you, you pinch yourself you know, every time you, you talk about it because, mm. like, um, actually named like Corey Flynn, Dicko, and Hicker. Oh, sorry. Dicko wasn't even in it. It was, me, Flinny, and Hicker. Sure. And then Corey got injured and then Dicko came in. So just even that story with Dicko not even being in the picture and then what, he lasts six years and captains the team. Yeah. Know? Just those little connections. And and in that team, there was like Pity, Jared, Andre Taylor. There was like, that was like a mean team to be a part of and rub shoulders with those guys to learn off. Mm. Timmy Bateman was in there, so... All the lads. Did you feel like you belonged in there? Obviously, you had your your rise had happened pretty quick. Did you feel like you're good enough to be in that in that team? Uh, initially, no, because I like I said, you you're in the, an, an international team, but with like superstars that you watched. Yeah. Um, not growing up because I was probably older than half of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like watching watching those boys on TV grind it out for years and then yeah you have only had like six months of footy and then you're playing with them it was mm. like oh, do I actually belong here but it wasn't until we went away on tour and then got the train with them and once we got into it you'd be like yeah this is me I'm gonna you know do everything I can to try and stay here as long as I can because it doesn't last long uh yeah just try to soak in as much as I could and yeah, and try and cement a spot in there as, as, you know, as long as I could. Which you did, to be fair, didn't you? Like, even though you weren't making um, the super rugby sides or getting many opportunities at super level, you, you're a pretty consistent name in that New Zealand Māori side over the over the years, eh? Yes. I think it was just fortunate that, yeah, that I could sort of cover, cover a couple of positions and um, maybe done enough to earn the trust of, like, Coops and, and mm. the other coaches. That you know, to keep picking me and yeah, just super grateful for that. Mm. And yeah, never, never took any of those um, opportunities for granted. So yeah, pretty, pretty amazing to be a part of it. And yeah, I'll, I'll be that old guy sitting at the <laughs> bar, always talking about those days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And what, what other positions could you cover? Was that eight and 12 like the old days? Oh man. <laughs> If I could do, I actually asked who's if I could play twelve one day for, for East Coast, but it was slap. a big no go. <laughs> um, no, I I covered uh, loose head prop and at at a push tight head, but true. Um, yeah, sort of just covered all three, but mainly mainly at hooker and then could could go across to loose head. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think 20 props in New Zealand will have to go down at tidy for me to go there. <laughs> Fair enough. But then uh, we spoke about your sort of intro into the Super Rugby um, scene. Mm. So it must was it post this New Zealand Maldi selection where obviously Super teams will be thinking, uh, geez, this guy's not even in a Super squad. He's playing New Zealand Maldis. <laughs> Why has no yeah. one got him? <laughs> well, it actually turned out to uh, – 
while we're in the States, my agent called me and said, oh, Toulon, I need a replacement hooker. Oh, yeah. Uh, are, you, are you keen to go? And I said, yeah, I'll be keen. And then Herb, oh, Kevin Shorter got caught wind of it and then sort of got on the blower to Dave Rennie and the Chiefs and said, oh, we don't want Joe to go because the money will be good enough that he won't come back and we yeah. want him back for the Bay season. But I had, like, I'm a man on my word. If I said I'll come back, I'll come back. And it was, you know, it was good money um, just for that short stint in Toulon. But um, somehow the, the Chiefs got me to come down for the preseason because uh, at that stage, Hooker had that serious injury with oh, his yeah. neck yeah. Uh, after the first game in, in the States. So they needed someone to replace him and again it was out of me and Nate again um, that pre-season and yeah he just got put through the ringer in that pre-Christmas um, pre-season with the Chiefs and the last day they we had our reviews and it was actually funny because the trainers um, we have a laugh about it now and at the trainers at the time they they said oh look Joe man you've you've come a long way you've yeah. To be honest, when Dave Rennie and that told us that you were coming in for preseason, we wondered why you they picked you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an overweight hooker, um, and you know we we knew you won't be ready for Super Rugby, but you definitely proved us wrong in these three weeks. And um, you know you're one of the fittest now. And, but unfortunately, we're going to go with Nate. <laughs> I was like, oh. Cool man, cool review. <laughs> uh, um, and then they're like, they said, "Oh, we're, we're playing cricket tomorrow. You can come to that last day if you want to." I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not going. I'm going to go back to Rotorua <laughs> see my family. I don't hang around and play cricket if I'm not coming back after New Year's." <laughs> was weight something then, that you uh, always struggled with? Yeah, oh, you know, I because like you said, I, in those years leading up to. You know, professional rugby. I had no trainers. I had no nutritionists. Yeah, I was just going off um, what I knew at club rugby and just <laughs> go there, run, run Henny Mullers and run bloody shuttles. That's how I thought was getting fit and strong. Yeah. So I never had a sense of you know what uh, a super rugby player should be like. Mm. Um, so that was my first exposure was at the Chiefs, and then it was. Is it pretty much the next day when I left the Chiefs uh, Wardy ring and asked the Fonta to come down to you guys down at the Canes because um, uh, Dicko was having uh, surgery or something. Yeah. And, uh, had to get something done. And I, I don't know why, but when he asked me, I was like, oh, can I call you back? I just got to ask my missus. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. And then I went and said, oh, hey, babe, um, the Canes just rang and asked if I could go down after New Year's. She was like, if and ring them back, man, say that you're going. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I should have just said yes straight away to Wardy, but I don't know. Survival instincts kicked in and thought, oh, shit, it has to miss the fist. That's it, priorities. Yeah. So then what was it like going down to the Canes? Obviously, pretty quick turnaround, like going straight from the Chiefs to the Canes. How did it compare? Mate, um... I actually loved it down there with you guys. Like the Canes environment and Chiefs, all, all super environments are different. And um, it was hard for me at the Chiefs because I didn't know too many people. When I came down to the Canes, I knew Dicko, uh, Timmy Bateman was there. You knew uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I sort of knew because all the Māori boys were there. Um, I don't know, you guys, uh, the Canes environment, or you guys were sort of uh, maybe a lot more inviting. When I, when I came in, which made it easier to transition down there. And, yeah, some some crack-up stories of my time down there. Like, it was yeah, Give us pretty one. Funny, Go pretty on. Fun. Give us some. Give us some. Uh, I, I just remember at the end of the year, like, I think you guys had, like, we just missed out on the semis or something, and I was in Rotorua, and I was getting, like, voice messages and video calls to like come down to Wellies, I was like, well, I've got no money, I can't fly down. And I think the boys even rallied together to like a donation box to buy me a ticket <laughs> to get down there. I didn't take it, but 
yeah, the the stuff that was coming through was pretty pretty <laughs> awesome. I think it boys were at the cricket, then they ended up on a boat somewhere, and I was yeah, big FOMO <laughs> sitting <laughs> sitting in my lounge in Rotorua uh, watching. But yeah, just just good times, and I learnt pretty fast that uh, how brutal or how physical the canes can be. And that was even my first intro into the Run It Straight Challenges. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember the, the cage. I think that was the first year for the cage. <laughs> yeah, up the top. <laughs> up the top. And um, it was uh, Clarky. Yeah, it was, his, it was his drill. So we all went up to the cage and he was like, oh, we'll split into two groups. And then I sort of just hung with the guys that I was training with. Um, and I... We, we didn't know what the drill was. <laughs> and then it was that drill where uh, you had to, one guy was in the middle of the square and you had like six guys just in front of you and you had to sprint back to a cone, come back and make a tackle. Yeah. And um, our group had like John Swogar, Fafili, Avavi, Adi, um, Motu, <laughs> um, Jack Lamb. <laughs> Like all the heavy hitters, <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Goodies was in there, and then the other group were like all the backs, plus Vic DeVito, uh, you know. Oh, we had Chris Smiley too. He stepped up and came in our group. But the the drill started, and then one group, like the backs group, they were like putting a bit of footwork on, just doing nice easy chops. And then I turn around to our group. They're like yelling Samoan swear words at each other and they're just running it straight. And I'm like, fuck, is this the drill? Is this meant to be the drill? Wrong group. And then, I'm like, I'm in the wrong group. Can I, can I swap over? And uh, actually, Johnny, Johnny grabbed me and goes, Oof, just head down and just, yeah, just go hard, bro. Because if you, if you put footwork on, these boys will like break you. And I was like, fuck, okay. Yeah. And I was, yeah, and everyone knows like Mots can hit, Jack can hit. Yeah. And I was like, like, so one of the boys will go, and I was like, the next in line, and I'll be like, fuck this here, no, no, just, I'll try and catch him as he's coming back. So he's going to the cone. Yeah. But the boys' mindset was wait till they get back and then go. Yeah. I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to catch him <laughs> as he's coming back. Um, yeah, so that, that was a that was a tough draw. I think Normie like nearly broke his ankle in that one, <laughs> in that draw, and that, that's how I actually got to stay a little bit longer. True, because Reggie uh, got injured. He, yeah, I actually said I was going to play for free when yeah. he got injured too. Mate, that's that's the one thing I remember. I always remembered that. Like, um, I remember when your time was up and you go up to the up to the boss's office and have the yarn yeah. say that, ask if you can stay on and stay for free and. I always remember that because I was like, man, this guy, this guy obviously loves it. He, he's keen to get an opportunity and the fact that you're willing to stay on for free showed you just sort of how much you were loving it down there and how much you loved the game. Yeah, so I think we just finished playing the Blues in that preseason. We went all right. We went pretty good. I think we won. And then the next week I was going to start against the Rebels. And then, yeah, it was just as I was running out, um, Hammer came over and just said, oh, it's out of our hands. We can't take you because New Zealand Rugby's come and said that we need to use one of the other props. We want to use you, and that was that was pretty gutting, you know. Yeah. Like you get told you're going to start that last preseason and then possibly stay on for longer. And then, um, yeah, I just I again rang the missus and said, "Oh look, I'm not going to Melbourne now. I have to come home because of new, some new stupid New Zealand Rugby rule." Yeah. And then she's, she, it was actually her that mentioned, she goes, well, why don't you just stay down there? I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Went straight up to the Hammer, see Hammer and Waddy and just said, oh, look, I'll just, I'll just stay, train for free. Just get me a job of old Tipuni. See if the, see if the bro will hook me up with a job and I'll go and play club down here. And yeah, I think, yeah, I was just yeah, so keen to stay within the environment and, and, and help push the boys, even though if I wasn't playing. But you yeah. couldn't do it because of the NZRU rule, was it? Yeah, some NZRU rule that you couldn't, uh, a, a franchise couldn't hold another player if they had a um, certain amount of props. So if, oh, yeah. 
like they had to use some another prop uh, for 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 Reggie, and I had to wait for another prop to get injured to come back. Yeah. Um, the hookers were a bit different because you can only have three in the squad, but if one of them go down, you can go in. Yeah. And I think all squads carry an extra prop, so yeah, I was yeah pretty gutted about that one, but yeah, we went back to Rotorua and just yeah. Got back into club in in another base season. Mm. So after like after your sniff with the Super Rugby squads, obviously got a pre season in. You're with the Canes most of the season. What sort of stopped you from that next year? You know, being picked in a squad. Um, I think at the time the all the Super squads had cemented like like all the all their players, and because there was a whole bunch of young guys coming through. So yeah, um, you know, like Cody. Cody's with the coming through with the Crusaders and Dicko had gone to the Landers and then that opened up a spot for like I want to say um, Amour but I think he was a bit after mm. but there was yeah there was no spots at the Canes I'd actually try to negotiate something by myself before Hammer left yeah to try and get on that that next year but. Yeah, I think the board waited till the new coaches came through to see who who they had. Yeah, I think all super squads were already um, all signed up for for those years, so I couldn't get in. Yeah, anyway. did, did you always find that if it was a fifty fifty decision, it would always be teams would always go with the younger guy? You see yeah. it quite a bit. You know, there's a twenty five year old or a eighteen year old or nineteen year old. They'll generally go that nineteen year old just. Expect to get a little bit more out of them, or yeah, I, and I think that's that was it. My age sort of played a factor throughout my career, especially at that next level. In my head, I'm like, yeah, just go with go with the best, but or not the best, but go with maybe the experience over over youth, and just give those youth a bit of time to, especially as a front row. You know? Yeah, you don't really see the front rows get. To their peak to about you know their thirty seven mid twenties yeah or thirty seven yeah <laughs> <laughs> any super teams out there <laughs> he's ready <laughs> always ready always ready and then obviously the next move was to the Steelers wasn't it from the Bay yeah. why'd you move up there yeah. was that just to get back home uh yeah that was that was that was one of the reasons just to get back but yeah I think my time. My time ran out down there, you know. The the staff at the time we were looking at a different direction and yeah, thought, Oh yeah, good opportunity to get home. Um my contract had run out down there. So I was on two years after yeah, I was on a two two um contract after my first year and then um yeah, just sort of decided they yeah, good good to get back and then uh, I was actually just going to work, and then uh, Tana rang because he was on our Maldives tour. That oh year, yeah, 2016. So he he rang saying James Parsons was going to be out for a bit, and if I wanted to come and train with the Blues, and yeah, took that opportunity, and I was actually going to try and stay in Auckland and play play here, but then Tana was like, nah. You're gonna go out to counties if you're gonna play for the Blues. I was like, oh, okay, sweeties. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's <laughs> see. That's how I ended up there. Actually, Augustine, Jimmy Tupo, and uh, Puliasi Manu yeah. got into the coaches at the time and said, nah, you need to get on and sign Joe Raw. Mm. We need a hooker, and he's with us at the Blues, so get him there. Did you ever get frustrated that you weren't ever getting an opportunity at super level? Obviously, you'd been in uh, training for a bit and then um, never really got that opportunity to make your debut. Yeah, later, later in my like at, early in the career, I wasn't too fussed. Just grateful, then, yeah. Yeah, just grateful. And then as I got a bit on and got a few NPC caps under under the belt, I thought, yeah, why am I not getting the crack? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm doing the hard yards. I'm I'm doing just as much as the other hookers, but yeah, I, I didn't know, didn't really know what was going on. And the feed, feedback from coaches were like, "Oh, you're doing a great job. Just keep it up," you know. Standard um, feedback, you know, <laughs> comments. It's like, you, what am I meant to do with that? Just carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting picked, so 
what what do I need to do? So yeah, it's, yeah, a little bit of frustration just kicked in a bit. But. Did you ever think about giving up on the on the dream or? No, I was uh, after the 2017 blue season. I thought, nah, that's it. If I haven't if I haven't had a game now, I'm not going to get picked to yeah. picked to play. So how old were you then? So I was 30, 32. 32, Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh yeah, thirty two. Not many hookers are getting getting a crack at super at this age. Mm. Um, and then then it then the focus turned to oh, how long can I play NPC for? Mm. Um, so yeah, and then just pushed hard for for the Steelers um, for them. Like put all my energy into the those following seasons into the Steelers and and club footy. And then, and then the <laughs> opportunity to. Get your first Super Rugby cap, um, 2022. What you must have been now 36? Were you 36? Yeah, 36. Probably yeah. you weren't training with Moana at all, were you? Talk me through this one. Mate, I was not training at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was not training at all. I, I, I just actually, I just signed up at one of the gyms down the road, um, Oh Dan Kirkpatrick's gym. Oh yeah. So I was, I was just there, yeah, just battling away at the, in the classes, not really doing much. And then, <laughs> like in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm fit. <laughs> um, and then I get a like a random text from Puliasi Money because I knew he was with the team. Yeah. And, and all it said was, "Doko, stay ready." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "What?" So I sort of didn't take note of it, and then. Kevy Senior rang and he was like, "Oh, hey Joey, uh, we are looking, we're looking for a hooker because all our most all our hookers have got COVID. They've gone down, and we need uh, we're playing the Blues in a couple of days, oh, or a few days. <laughs> yeah, I think they played them on a Tuesday. Kevy rang me Saturday night. Oh yeah, and he just said, "Oh, you're in the frame." I said, "Oh, all good," and then. Never thought much of it. I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Mm. They've probably got a young hooker somewhere. He'll have a crack. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until, I mean, Bulls rang me. Uh, Filo Tete rang me. He's like, how's it going, Koro? Like, yeah, good, mate. Um, he goes, have you been training? Are you fit? I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm fit as. He goes, would you last 80 minutes? I was like, of course I'll last 80 minutes. Any day. We'll go hard. And he goes, oh, yeah, good. I'll ring you back. And then didn't hear anything until Monday night. And they said, all right, you're in the team. True. And, <laughs> and the game played, was Tuesday. we played Tuesday. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You weren't starting, though, were so, you? on the bench, eh? No, nah, I was on the bench. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, grateful. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't, haven't trained. They haven't seen me. I haven't met the boys. I don't know who's in the team. They're probably not going to put me on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I met I met the team at four o'clock that day on Monday. Ah, uh, Tuesday. Oh, on Tuesday, game. game day. Holy yeah, heck. game day. <laughs> so we no met at captains four. run, nothing. Nah, far nah, out. I didn't even do captains run. Um, but yeah, met them at the stadium and as the boys were getting ready. We did like a walkthrough out on the field. Um, I didn't know any cause, didn't know any moves or any systems. I, I just sort of, yeah, rugby instincts just kicked in. <laughs> what about the line-out? Sort of watched. Um, the two line-outs that I threw, uh, I just told uh, Michael Curry that I was going to throw it to him. Oh, yeah, before. I just said, just, just walk in and I'll just throw, you, I'll just throw it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. Like, Sweet ass. And I, they're, they're, they're both back balls as well, so. Oh. He was like, oh, let's, we'll just throw to the front. And I was like, nah, F that. Just walking at the back and I'll hit you. Like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> Grateful it wasn't overthrown or stolen. <laughs> oh, mate. This yarn would be real terrible. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. But then was that it? Like, did you stay on with the squad or was that just you're in for a day and then uh, get your day paid nah, and then I, gone? I actually, <laughs> actually stayed in for, for a while, actually, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, stayed in for that game. I played that game and then uh, warmed up on the Saturday with oh, the yeah. boys because there were uh, a couple of uh, niggly injuries. 
And then I was out for one week and then got brought back in um, before the the Trans-Tasman trans sort of set up. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, in and out sort of like a, maybe a week on, a week off for the rest of the year. That's so good. How, what was that yeah, environment was, like? What was what was the Moana Pacifica like? Like, looks like they've got a really cool culture. They sort of looked like they developed that pretty quickly last year. So, what was it like to be involved yeah. in it? Yeah, awesome, man. Like again, new team, but everyone's on the same. Everyone's on the same level. Yeah. So, you know, they all have, and I think that's what made the culture so good. Is that you know, they all had sort of similar or something in common that they can all relate to and. They'll, they'll be a powerhouse in the next couple of years, I reckon. Yeah. Like, give them time to, to gel in that professional environment um, and be on the same level as all the other super teams. But, you know, yeah, K okay, results weren't too flash for some games. But, yeah, yeah like I said, they're going to be a powerhouse um, in the next couple, few years, I reckon, or even a couple of years. And you're not involved this year? Not yet? You're just waiting, covering uh, as usual? Yeah, just um, ready, staying yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, I had a, I had a wee chat with uh, Aaron. Yeah, uh, about about other stuff was yeah, something else, but um, he just said, "Stay ready, stay ready, brother." <laughs> you, know, you never know. <laughs> Famous words. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so post East Coast season, what what is your what does it look like for you when you say stay ready? Do you, are you training pretty hard, or do you sort of just cruise for a bit, and then when the opportunity comes, you're sort yeah. of scrambling? Um, I actually might stay ready this time. Yeah, <laughs> <I won't. laughs> uh, I've I've been roped in to do a CrossFit comp with the gym that I'm at, at oh, Dan's yeah. gym, uh, just sort of in the teams thing. So that's going to sort of keep me busy till maybe November. Yeah, but um, I'm. Keen to look into sort of the next next phase of of footy, like maybe get into some coaching. Yeah, maybe yeah, sort of join the ranks of the up and coming coaches yeah. the, or the next gen. You now, um, see the likes of yourself, uh, Whopper, Jared as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Shane Christie. All you guys are doing some getting some cool opportunities, and thought you know why not? Um, yeah, maybe look at that. No, after after footy, nice mate. You'll be a great coach. But what does that look like? Like, where do you go? Where do you start? Yeah, that's a well, that's a good question. Where do I start? It's going to be a question for you. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I've, they've, they've said maybe start at you know, age grade and and work your way up. Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Really, mm-hmm. I I got to I guess find out where where I fit best. If I'm you know, if I can teach younger guys or would I fit into an NPC team yeah. straight away or could I fit into a super team straight away or yeah I'm not, I'm not too sure you go straight New Zealand Maldives don't you mate <laughs> if that came out mate <laughs> so if any uh, yeah, I know I know Donk's leaving Donk's leaving the Maldives uh, anyone else that's joining there you know want a specialist coach sing out what would be your area scrum front row yeah probably Forwards. Probably scrum, yeah, yeah. Probably scrum to start off with. Be a specialist, yeah. I like I like to challenge myself and do like maybe a tackle, yeah, or D because I'm not renowned for my D, but that could be a, a good work on. You know, try and you know, come up with a, a D system that that could work or mm. help help other guys. You know, in that in that area. I don't know, mate. Exciting. It's, it's still fresh. Yeah, yeah. exciting yeah. times and also a podcast day. Eh? I know you. You've run a podcast before and potentially looking to go down that pathway. You got your mic ready. You're you're halfway there. Yeah, mate. <laughs> halfway, yeah. Got a decent mic here. But um yeah, like I think I was when I was listening to Grayson's one or one of the other ones, one of one of your other podcasts and you know, like the likes of yourself, um, you know, the legend of Marty Banks, like those guys getting the opportunities for players like ourselves to to tell our stories, yeah. I think that's that, that's good for New Zealand to see. And yeah. I know I'd, I'd like to go down that avenue, maybe not with just rugby players, but branch out to like local legends around here. Uh, I wanted to do a podcast with my nan, 
like she's seen some things yeah. <laughs> up here and up in Auckland. But even like you're just covering all sort of walks of life, I guess. Mm. And I, I know I've listened um, to your one with um, Nehi and Sean Wainui, which, mm. um, mate, that must be a tough one to listen back to, but it was a pretty special one at the time. Yeah, that was, that was uh, it, it is tough to listen back back at it now. I, I just listened to it maybe a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, but that one, that one was, was cool. Uh, it was during, during our lockdown in Auckland. And everyone else was still playing, so it was good to talk to them to see, you know, what uh, the comp was like without, you know, the three Auckland teams. And uh, we talked a bit about uh, Māori language and mm. how that's revived in our game now, and um, how it's more accepting. And then, then yeah, and then uh, we all know sort of what happened with Shawnee after that. And that was like a week week after that podcast was finished. Was yeah when we we heard the news about Shawnee, so yeah, a little bit um, sad to listen and, and hard to listen back on, but just um, good to good to hear his voice again. You know, he's yeah. uh, just hearing that cheekiness. Um, so if, yeah, if if anyone is you know, out there and they they do want to hear it, it's on it's on Spotify somewhere, uh, so the podcast app somewhere. Yeah. I think um, it's under yeah. Top Podcasts. Sure, is it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Mate, it's one of the greats. That it's one. only one episode. Sure, it's doing well. <laughs> oh, but no, that is exciting times ahead for you. Um, as always, you know you know the drill. We have gone to Instagram for some questions. Plenty have come through. Um, obviously, you've played with a lot of players, so there's a lot of people who um, know you well who follow the podcast. But... First question, ask him why East Coast is the best team and ask him about the post-match feeds. Oh, feeds are unreal. Like, they are a legend in themselves. Are they? Those feeds, like, yeah, seafood, like a shitload of seafood. Um, The boys get sick of, you know, oh, what, kinners again, oh, mussels again, oh, (laughs) crayfish again, ratchet, but there's the rest of us are like, bro, get this up here, up in Auckland. Big roast meals, steam pudding, custard, ice cream, yeah, the works. Oh, mate, that's living. After every yeah, match. After every home match, yeah. Wow, that's good stuff. Okay, next one. What was the lava bar and are you gutted it's gone? The lava bar? Mate, if you if you don't know the lava bar, you ain't living. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? Uh, it's it just this like, back, backpacker bar in Rotorua. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unreal scene, unreal scene. The, actually, the original Lava Bar was probably the best nightclub in Red It was just this, like, it looked like a state home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a rundown state home, but you go inside and it's like a small, it was, yeah, it's just a small bar, and then they renovated it to this big-ass one, and, um, yeah, some unreal nights there, sort of leaving that place, being carried out, and, <laughs> yeah, Cows was actually a bar, a bartender there. So oh, is that how you met? I actually met at another club. <laughs> but you spent a lot of time at the lava bar by the sounds. Wow. Yeah. If Cows was working, I was definitely in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Okay. Next one. Can we please get better dry July jokes? Uh, yeah, of course. I can uh, come up with some more dry. Actually, I wanted to give that a rest because no one was laughing oh. by the end of it. I think the first first three days were like two hundred plus likes, and then by the end of it, it was like one. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm done with these. No one's no one's enjoying them. So, what's your best joke? Uh well, one's that one that stuck with me for ages. Is like, did you know Cardi B has a fit sister? No. Cardio. Ah, mate, that must have been the 200 <laughs> like one because that is classic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's, there's been some terrible ones, oh, to be honest. Mate, have you thought about comm- yeah. being a stand-up at all? No. No. no too hard. Definitely not. No, <laughs> I've got to research these jokes. I can't come up with them. Like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just a whole heap of dry July jokes would be one of the great yeah. stand-up gigs. Yeah. Living. Okay, yeah. next one. 
Why do you switch teams so much? <laughs> um, I go where the I go where people want me. <laughs> Have you ever been in the position where you've had like multiple offers where you've had to make a choice, or has it always been just going wherever? Obviously, you turned down Toulon, and not many people can say they did that. But other than that, yeah, um, not in not not in New Zealand. I haven't had a decorated career like. Most guests on here, we they have the options to choose which teams, but no, I haven't. I haven't sort of. I've just taken what's what's been presented, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's generally only one option. <laughs> do you, do you regret that Toulon decision at all? Do you ever look back and think, shit, I wonder if I did play for Toulon? I wonder if I'd still be, you know, Mate, be playing for yeah. France now? Like I don't, I, I don't like to live with regrets, but yeah, yeah it's for the one. Like if I if I have a regret with footy, then that's probably one of them. Mm. Just not taking that opportunity because both cows and I could have travelled. Like seeing that side of and you, you hear stories about what living over there is like and just the experience from other boys. But um, yeah, actually, I I actually could have been in Italy one year and I had a clause to get out of my contract. But so I I actually signed the contract to go to Benetton. Sure. Uh, Treviso. So I had actually, I actually signed it and was ready to go. My agent sent it away, and like the week after, it came back saying, "Oh, sorry, we can't take you because we've we've got a New Zealand coach, and he's just bought uh, a Kiwi and two Aussies." So I missed out on the, the overseas quota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one of them was Banksy. Oh, oh Banksy, asshole! <laughs> and he didn't last long there, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, true. Oh, you could have been yeah. in Italy. Yeah, yeah, so that was, but yeah, that Leon one was, yeah. Um, yeah, I always think about it, mm. what could have been if yeah. I'd gone. Classic Banksy ruining people's dreams since since Mate, way back. Eh? And he didn't even go for that long. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you would have been a far better buy. You'd still be there giving it everything. <laughs> I'd be still there. <laughs> Okay, next one. Why do they call him the body? Is that Jake Allison? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. No, we, we just had a bit of a running joke back in under-19s. I was as understudy as a number eight slash hooker. So they, the under-19s picked me as a number eight but wanted me to play hooker. And uh, Wellington players being Wellington, uh, you know, like to have a bit of a shirt off. Um Except me, because I didn't have a rig like the boys. So, yeah, you'd keep your top on. Everyone thought, uh, be, yeah, keep my top on. I, I had an alright top half. It was just this uh, midriff, uh, not the greatest. <laughs> so yeah, got the nickname the body. Oh, like it. Okay, next one. Uh, this is our question from our major sponsor, Swish. Go and get yourself a Swish if you're still listening to this podcast. But if you could get a video shout out from any celebrity, who would Joe Royal choose? That's a good question. Uh, I'd I'd be keen to get a video. I'd I'd like one off Tom Brady. Oh yeah, the goat. Yeah, the goat. Yeah, mate, he'd be like good. Just like he's one of those guys where age doesn't matter. Mm. What is he like forty and he's still playing like top level NFL? So. Mm. Got three uh, years left. Me a three, oh, mate, see, look, I've still got three years playing. I'm only 37. <laughs> go ring up Azza, go, <laughs> go let him know. <laughs> mate, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the New Zealand version of Tom Brady. Come on. <laughs> Give me a gig. <laughs> like that one, though, Tom Brady, absolutely. Okay, next one. Tell us about your first Tuatara experience. So... A tuatara is uh, a Steiny Classic and a Purple Guana. Do you know what those are? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what the Purple G is? So you, apparently you're meant to just uh, mix it in a, like mix a little bit in a cup and skull it. Um, but I was handed, you know, I was handed the two bottles and I was like, looked at them going, well, there's only one way to do this. And I gave it a... The walrus. Holy heck. Gave it the walrus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it's not a it's not a drink that you'd want to do on a regular. Yeah. What was the aftermath? Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't. I actually, I, I was pretty good on it. I didn't. I didn't uh, spew or anything. But yes, it, it definitely hits you. Maybe a few minutes later, I was lucky. I was. I was on my way home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a not a drink that you want to have on the regular. No, I could imagine. Doesn't sound too good. Anyway, next one. Mm. Who is the real TC you've trained with? What is TC? Ah. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but you know, you had to get up and you had to show those, like your why at the canes. Oh, yeah. Like you had to get up and say, oh, you know, like I show him a photo. Like I mistakenly got up and said, oh, I'm, hey, I'm Joe Royal. I went to Teote College, a school of hard cunts. <laughs> <laughs> a school, yeah, a school, a school for hard cunts. The real, the real TC that I've, yeah, that I've trained with is old Johnny. Like I said, my first uh, experience about a TC was in that cage yeah. and running that stupid drill <laughs> when I was in the wrong wrong group. But yeah, just anyone that's just mental enough to run it straight is is a TC in my in my mind. Yeah, I actually yeah. Like I said, I stupidly said that I was from a, a school of hard cunts, <laughs> and I got called into Waddy's office and said he was like, "Now that you've said that." You have to be a tough cunt now. These boys will, these boys will look at you and be like, "Fuck!" If you do something soft, they'll be like straight on to you right away. So, I like my mentality of those trainings, I was like, "Fuck, I've got to be a hard cunt." <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want Watty riding you being soft. Jeez. Nah, he is. He if, is. If you know me, tough. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a. You know, tough. You know, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm. not a, you're not not tough. I'm like, I'm a nice guy. I didn't want to be. <laughs> I didn't want to be that. <laughs> okay, last question. Uh, as always, best piece of advice you have for a Woodlad listener. And I remember you saying at the start of the episode that you sort of wished you listened to some advice in the earlier years of your career. Um, surely you've yeah. got some good ones for us. Uh I think it's the main one, eh? Like that, I'd like to get out is just is not to not to give up. Mm. Like that's probably the the biggest. Um, you know, have a have a bit of resilience. Um, and it doesn't have to be in your footy career, just in in life in general, really. Just yeah. Like when I go and speak to uh, like groups or or schools, especially, is um, yeah, I just sort of remind them. I have this thing called the three P's that I tell people, and it's uh, people, uh, potential people, and perseverance. So mm. if, you, if you if you can sort of align yourself with um, uh, good people, recognize that you got potential, and you're resilient, or you just keep pushing, you you know you're going to make it regardless of what you're doing. Mm. If you're a footy player, a netball player. Uh, Climbing the corporate ladder, trying to run a business, yeah. Just, just hang in there, and you know, things will come. Mm, love that. Is, how do you get that perseverance? Is there, is there a secret to it? Obviously, you've shown more than most. Ah, uh, stubbornness. I really. <laughs> oh, for me, I reckon it's just yeah. stubbornness. Eh? Like, I, I hate it when people tell tell me that I can't do something. Yeah, like that that's that's a big motivator. It's like. It's probably it's probably bad because you know you're just trying to prove people wrong, mm. and if you keep doing that, you know you're not really you know, doing stuff for yourself. You're you're doing it for other people. It's worked though. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's worked. Um, yeah, so for me, for me, I'm just like, nah, I'm, I'm just gonna keep proving people wrong, or or I'll set myself a a, a sort of a goal and be like. That's that's sort of the the goal that I want to get to. So I'll, I'll keep going until I get it, and then once I get there, I'll be like, "Oh shit, we ask can I go?" I'll yeah, just, you know, yeah, love it, mate. I'm going to say that you you can't play for Moana Pacifica this year. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong, Johnny. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it, and mate, what a podcast, what an episode. I knew it was a journey that you'd had, but. Mate, you've been around, you've seen some teams, you would have met some people along um, this beautiful game that we play, um, and it's yeah. been a pleasure to sit down and go through your journey with you, but thanks for coming on. No, thanks, Jimmy, and I know it's been, uh, what, was this episode 100? 
or a thousand. <laughs> glad to finally make a, you know, you, you know, you made it when you've made the Waterland podcast. You know? That's it. You're going to take this podcast to the top. No <laughs> doubt this will be the most downloaded one of the year and um, it'll be ins- inspiring many. But yeah, just thanks to everyone that I've come across and, and met, like you said, met a lot of lot of boys playing and met a lot of people. And I think without meeting you guys or meeting everyone, you know, you, like again, the journey wouldn't have been as cool or mm. uh, successful or fun as it has been. So yeah, thanks to everyone for for being part of uh, not just my life, but our, my fa- my family's too. Because yeah. Um, yeah, we're all sort of you're part of our uh, mining cows and our little fellow Uzi's whanau now. So mm. yeah, that's it, mate. You're a lad. Appreciate it.